This is Beards for Radio, a Sasha and Joe podcast. All right, we got a lot to catch up on this episode of Beards for Radio. I am Joe. And I'm Sasha. And yeah, we got some big news out of NBA. Uh, You know, the free agency period started and uh, it's been a lot of drama so far. And then we also got Spider-Man Far From Home to review on this episode. So uh, I'll let you take your pick on what you want to start out with. Um, I didn't start off with NBA free agencies. That's just fresh in everybody's mind and the biggest, you know, uh, you know, waiting uh, player there was was Kawhi Leonard. He waited till uh, Friday, <laughs> three in the morning or yeah. say three in the morning. <laughs> And uh, he went where I wanted him to go. He went to the Clippers. Uh, I think that this was a smart move. I feel like, uh, you know, Kawhi is Thanos. He has balanced the NBA um, with just a snap. He brought, uh, you know, Paul George came over. They wanted to play together. I think that's going to be really nasty having Beverly, Beverly running the port, running the point as a, as a defensive you know, point guard known for defensive ability. Paul George and Kawhi probably two of the best, you know, defending uh, three wings there, there are. So, yeah, I think that's um, that's gonna be something nasty, really nasty. But I, I'm I'm so happy he went over there. I'm glad there was there's more of instead of super teams, there's more duos now. Um, I think that kind of brings me back to you know, that 90s basketball that I grew up watching where, you know, every team had a, a hell of a duo, a great duo. So I, I'm, really, I'm really happy to see Kawhi go there, man. And, um, you know, I don't mean to my own horn, but I called it. I knew it. Kawhi to me is, you know, Kawhi to me is um, somebody that wants to carve his own path. Somebody wants to, like, I like, like when you – if you play, like, a name game and you say L.A. Lakers, first thing that comes to mind – People are either going to say Magic, Kobe, Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, Kareem. Right. With Kareem, Worthy. Keep going, right? Yeah. You know, when you say the Clippers, when I say Clippers, no one really comes to mind. But, like, you know, like Blake Griffin. Oh, you know, what did he really do for the Clippers? They got him in the playoffs. Didn't, didn't get him a championship. Paul George. Uh, I, I go back to, you know, uh, Miles and uh, Quentin Richardson, you know what I'm saying? Like, I lo- that's that's when I started to really like the Clippers. So, um, I think Kawhi wants to be synonymous with Clippers, Kawhi, bam, because he's yeah. brought, brought them a dynasty. So, I, I, I love it, and, and I'm glad that uh, there's a lot of parity in the NBA. I hope it doesn't Man. kill the NBA, but I'm glad there's a lot of parity in the NBA. And I don't know how Kawhi to the Lakers would have really worked roster-wise, like let alone money-wise. But, you know, they all play different positions, but their style of play is pretty similar, LeBron and AD and Kawhi. So I don't know how that would have worked. Plus, you know, I I really like the move by Kawhi to not go where LeBron is because Kawhi, he might be the best player like he's top three for sure and LeBron is still top three I think LeBron Kawhi and Giannis are the top three right now so if you had two of the top three on the same team like you know people were complaining about the Warriors adding Boogie Cousins last year like you know this this wouldn't have been any different really but you mentioned it you know they're just gonna have such a ferocious defensive front court Patrick Beverly um you know Paul George Kawhi Leonard you talk about the best two-way players offense and defense in the league you know you talk about 
Clay Thompson. You could put Jimmy Butler up there. Um, you know, I'm biased, so I'm going to say Gary Harris could be in, in that conversation as well. But Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they're really the top two in that category. Right. So, this is a, the Clippers took the Warriors at full strength, aside from Boogie Cousins, to six games. And really, they challenged them more than anybody else until they lost to the uh, Raptors in the finals. So, yeah, they did trade away a lot for Paul George, but you got to view it as a package deal, really. Because from what I've heard, really, Kawhi wasn't going to come to the Clippers without Paul George there. And right. um, so I, I definitely get it. You know, it it, it kind of hurts to trade away a, a young player like Gilgis Alexander. But, you know, when, when you're getting back Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, it, it kind of softens the blow a little bit. And, right. Um, right. Yeah. And, and and they got to keep uh, Landry Shaman, who I think is, you know, a dead nut shooter, you know, and yeah. and, and, and they have the, the sixth man of, of the year still coming off the bench. So I think they made a hell of a move and, and, and kept the assets that they needed to keep. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the Lakers, they kind of responded. I think they they executed plan B pretty well. They went out, they signed DeMarcus Cousins. They brought in Danny Green and Avery Bradley, uh, you know, who was a Piston for a very short time. Um, So, you know, I don't think the Lakers can look at it as they lost. Like, I think they got in a pretty good uh, B unit haul. So, you know, they got it. They got some shooting with Danny Green and Avery Bradley. And, you know, Kyle Korver just became a free agent and, He's got that history with LeBron, so we might see that happen again. Right, um, true. But we also got some movement in the East. Uh, Jimmy Butler is now with the Miami Heat. Yep. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan are now with the Nets. The 76ers added Josh Richardson, Al Horford. They locked in Tobias. And uh, Kemba Walker is now with the Celtics. So it kind of – there's a lot of movement in both conferences, really. Oh yeah, most most definitely. I think the um, the next one is 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 intriguing because we all know that KD is going to be out for a year, and when he comes back, is he going to be the you know the KD that we've known you know prior? Right. I think Ky- Kyrie is still such a head case. I don't know what's going on up there. That you know these these met, these, these free agent pickup for the Nets, they like, they seem cool, but are they going to pan out right away? It's not right. going to happen right away. It's like the, the Nets fans and this coaching staff management is going to have to be really patient in the next few years because you're not going to get it right away from these guys. I really, obviously, from KD. To me, with Kyrie, I think he needs to get into that right psyche. I don't think he's in his right mind, you know? Right. So, Especially so, since, since D'Angelo Russell is now a Golden State Warrior. Yeah, man. I mean, like, that was part of it. That was part of bringing Kyrie in, as you knew you were going to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. Right. So, I mean, it's it's, it's almost like they kind of like are in like a rebuild in a sense of uh, of you know uh, saying not 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 like they're starting from the ground up, but it's kind of like this is like you know. Uh, they have to like massage it in, you know what I'm saying? Especially with KD being out of here. I mean, I just, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, I think Golden State, I wouldn't have signed him if I was Golden State. I know, I know it's KD, dude. This is a generational talent. You know, you know, you know probably the best, 
in, in the 2000s, you know, but I just think that it's kind of scary with a with, with he's had foot issues. You know what I'm saying? Now he has uh, something that's detrimental as an Achilles. You know, we saw how it kind of affected. So I think it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very patient a patient period for us fans and you know the team. Yeah, because I think just adding Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan doesn't automatically put you up in the realm of Philly and Milwaukee and Boston right now. And I still think Boston is up there, um, you know. But, you know, you talk about KD. Like, do you agree with uh, James Dolan and the Knicks kind of lowballing him? And also, you know, Michael Jordan lowballing Kemba? Like, those are two names that were known as like free agency commodities and they both kind of got lowballed. Right. I, I, I think you have, uh, you know, fair questions, man. I think, I think Kemba, I think him being lowballed is kind of bull crap because who, who, who have they had since uh, Chris Paul, really, that's been like, Oh my God, you know what I'm saying? Crazy, you know? Right. Kemba, Kemba is a reason why butts are in a seat in Charlotte. Kemba is the reason why people are are seeing Charlotte Hornet uh, player play in the All Star game because it's Kemba that's doing it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I think it's crappy they didn't offer him. KD I can understand because of the whole injury thing. It just throws a whole to me. It throws a you know a, a it's different if he has like an issue or like you know this is an Achilles tendon. A lot of people come back from this, dude. This is like this. <laughs> He'll never be the same again. I honestly believe he'll never ever be the same again. You know, so I, I can see, but Dylan always been an asshole. They've always been, you know, uh, signing dudes late past their, you know, mellow. For instance, you know, what I'm saying right. I don't think I think signing mellow, but like I've never I've never been really a big fan of mellow. Anyway, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be biased on that. But I, I think Dolan didn't want to get in that same kind of rut. So he just passed, and I, I don't blame him, you know what I'm saying? But I do blame Jordan for what he did to Kemba. Kemba deserved it. Yeah. My question is with the Knicks, is like like you said, they've, they've dished out money for so many players past their prime. Like Joe Kim Noah comes to mind. His contract in New York was shit. Like why do you draw the line at Kevin Durant? You know, even if he comes back a year from now at 80% of what he was, that's still better than anything you've had for the last decade, you know? And he can still be a locker room presence for R.J. Barrett. That's true. That's true, too. That's true, too. But um, but when you've been burned so many times, it's like I that, that might play with, you know, how you, you know, perceive things or look at things. So I think, yeah, I, I think, I think previous times Dolan's gotten burnt is the reason why they kind of – you know, low-balled KD. So I can understand yeah. from that point, but Jordan, give Kemba his money, you know? Right, or at least sign and trade him. Like, Jordan's just being exposed as such a fraud owner or uh, whatever NBA owners are called now. Like Governors. Governors, right. <laughs> I, I don't own my car. I govern my car, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, but it's like you could have gotten something for him at least right? At, at the trade deadline last year and you could have improved your draft stock. You could have signed and traded him this offseason. But to lowball him and just let him walk, Kemba Walker, like that's, that's child's play, you know? Like 
it, this was like the worst case scenario for Charlotte because they came a game within reaching the eighth seed and getting into the Eastern Conference fi- playoffs, Eastern Conference playoffs. Okay. Um, so if they trade Kemba at the trade deadline last year, then you get a return probably from a team that's looking to compete now and you probably improve your draft stock a whole lot more where you could be in the mix for an R.J. Barrett or a John Morant or someone like that, you know? Right, absolutely. And, you know, um, I just think that, oh, God, there's so many things they could do now. They, they don't have anybody over there. Like, what are they going to do? Right. So it's like Jordan, I think Jordan, you know, is one hell of a talent. I, I love growing up watching Jordan play. But, man, you know, sometimes just because you're a great basketball player does not mean you're going to be a great front office-esque uh, uh, person yeah. and make the right moves. So I think they just they, – they, they dropped the ball on Campbell big time and, you know, like they let him walk. No pun yeah. intended. No what pun intended. <laughs> but the other, the other one that's really intriguing to me is Jimmy Butler, not because Jimmy's over there in Miami because it's whatever – it's the fact that now, you know, now that free agency is kind of wrapped up, you know, where everyone's really going, all the, all the main names are there. There's still a name out there, man, that's getting thrown around that's probably going to be in a different jersey come next season, and that's, you know, Russell Westbrook. You know, is, right. you know, I I personally think he's going to go to a Florida team. It was going to be either Orlando or Miami. It's definitely probably to me is going to be Miami. You know, how's it going to look with him and Jimmy Butler? You know, the, now there's another duo in the East, you know, so. Yeah. I, I, that'll, that'll pan out with both of them because they're, they're kind of both strong-headed dudes, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, they're both kind of notorious for being known to not play nice all the time, uh, Westbrook especially. Right. Yeah, you know, I hope he ends up with the Heat because uh, the other rumors are that our Detroit Pistons are heavily pursuing it. And it's just, it's Blake all over again to me, except with somebody who doesn't try as hard as Blake. Like, Blake Griffin, since he's been traded to Detroit, he's just come off as the total, complete professional that you want as a leader in a franchise. Um, But again, he's aging. And what's the first thing to go with somebody who was athletic but is getting older? It's the athleticism. And that's what Russell Westbrook is known for. So, you know, I'm really hoping the Heat find a way to pull it off or maybe the Magic, like you said, because the Pistons, unless there's unless they're going to somehow get Drummond off the books by trading for Westbrook, which I don't think would happen. You know, I'm not for it at all. I think the Pistons have been making smart moves. You know, they they signed Derrick Rose, Markeith Morris. They traded for Tony Snell. I think those are all decently smart enough moves that would say they're leaning towards a rebuild because uh, in a couple of years, Reggie's going to be off the books. Andre Drummond has kind of hinted that he's going to opt out next summer. Uh, so, you know, we're really two years away from the only huge contract on the book being Blake's. And I'm just, I'm so nervous that they're going <laughs> to, that they're going to fuck it up and trade for Russell Westbrook's monster contract and get, and get his worst years of his career. Right, you know what, uh, and I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not a fan of R- Russell coming to Detroit, and I hope Russell's not a fan of coming to Detroit. Honestly, um, I can see right. him also. Going, I can see him also going to New York, the Knicks, man. Um, they, they got they got some room. Um, they can they, they can probably take it on. You know, seeing that they try to make all this space for uh for uh 
KD and whoever else wanted to come with him, and then you know that didn't pan out so well. So I hope that New York, New York, Miami make him up because I'm not, I'm not for Westbrook coming to Detroit. I'm not for uh, a 31 year old point guard coming in the league who, to me, you know, for all his talent, for all his you know, motor and athleticism, he, he's somewhat of a cancer to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has that single-mindedness in the locker room. He probably has a single-mindedness on the court. You know, people say, oh, you, I'm not, I'm, you're not bad. How do you know? Well, KD left. Ask KD why he left. Ask Paul George why Paul George left. Well, you threw him a, you threw him a re-signing party. Yeah, and then he left. What does that tell you? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like nobody wants to play with Russ. Simple, simple. Right. Like that, you know what I'm saying? He's sitting there. You know, people. Oh, you average a triple double. Yeah, when you're stealing rebounds from uh, Adams. You know what I'm saying? You go out of your way to steal a rebound. Yeah, you get a. You know, you get a. You get a pad your stats. I. You know. I. You know. I made a comparison on uh, talking shoot. Chris shot me down. I think I feel like he is like the NBA's version of Matt Stafford. You can keep surrounding him with keep surrounding him with all these guys. You know what I'm saying, and then it's just at the end of it, it's not his fault. It's the it's the guy that's around him. So the guy, yeah. go, and you got to put talent around him. And they still, oh, but his but his stats are so good, right? But the stats are so good. But his stats are awesome. You know what I'm saying? That's great, Pat Stafford. You know Westbrook. Westbrook keep on padding the stats. Doesn't mean shit to me. It doesn't mean nothing to me. Right. You, you go ask Charles Barkley if you would trade in his best stat year for a ring that year, he's going to tell you, oh, hell yes, in a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want I don't want Westbrook here. I love Westbrook. You know, I think he's a great player. I think he's a Hall of Fame player. Don't get me wrong. I just think we are seeing his descend from, you know, from what he has been. I think he's just going to slow down more. Yeah, look, I really liked Westbrook in his prime. He reminded me of Allen Iverson, who's one of my favorite players of all time in the NBA. But Iverson, I think he wasn't a great teammate, but he was a better teammate than Russ. Like, yeah, Russ, he just don't play nice. <laughs> like, right. And if you if you put him in a locker room with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, and Blake Griffin, really, the offense was running through him last year, I just don't think that would – work at all so if the Pistons are really considering it it needs to be a way to get rid of Drummond and you know maybe bring in Steven Adams I'd take Steven Adams over Andre Drummond uh, contract wise playing wise heart wise any day of the week oh absolutely yeah Um, but no trading for Westbrook that's not going to automatically make the Pistons some kind of contender like maybe they'll contend for the seventh seed but not much else uh, I think it would sink them for another decade of mediocre play and, you know, getting swept in the first round after barely scraping by. And I'm just, I'm not for that. They're so close to being able to like lay the bricks of the foundation down. They're so close to that. <laughs> it's like, you know, we, we've waited this long. We've, we've seen the worst of the Pistons. This has been the worst of the Pistons since the pre bad boys era. And we're so close to seeing the bricks being laid that it can potentially start to build back up. We can wait one or two or three more years of bad play. Like, don't throw it all away on Westbrook. I would not be on board for that at all. Right. I'm with you on that one. So the the last few 
I think two free agents that really kind of stand out is uh, J.J. Redick and Al Horford. Now, J.J. Redick went over to the Pelicans. I think 76ers kind of messed up by not re-signing them. I don't think 76ers really have a lot of shooters. You know what I'm saying? So, right. I think he needed that. Even though he hasn't been shooting well, he's still he's still a threat. He's still a threat to pull, you know, the pull from long range, and I don't think they have that right now. Um, I think them signing Al Horford was – was a pretty good shot. I, I like Al Horford. You know what I'm saying? He, he he's, he's like he's like the next generation Tim Duncan to me. He does all the fundamentals right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I wonder how that's going to mess with him and Tobias. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have to – I don't see them being on the same, you know, uh, lineup together. But right. I, I could be wrong if they want to go to all lineup, whatever. Or, uh, you know, personality-wise, how is that going to match up with JoJo? Because, you know, two years ago in the playoffs, the Celtics and Sixers met. And, um, you know, Horford and Embiid, they were kind of feuding a bit. Well, we'll put it aside and put talent together, I guess. But I just just don't think that – I don't see any shooters for them. But you know, the, I, who who knows who knows what they've what they're gonna acquire before you know, or they, they have some secret weapons coming. In. You know what I'm saying? Because there's always there's always new shooters coming in. That's the NBA. These guys are you know taught to shoot you know before they're even new events from now on. So yeah. I like Josh Richardson for them. Um, but yeah, maybe they should have taken a look at Danny Green or someone like that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's tough and. It was kind of like the same situation the Lakers were in as well. Um, also, that the Pistons are in. <laughs> right. We have shooters except for, like, you can say Kennard, but, you know, he's yeah. he's, he's, he's he's not on that, you know, J.J. Redick level. No. We know we're like, oh, you know, that that, that could possibly go in anytime he lets it go off his hands. So. A move I like because, you know, we like to talk about our our – team our home away from home uh i like the nuggets trading the thunder for jeremy grant i think uh that's somebody who could work with um paul Millsap and you know add a add that three guard because we were talking about how they were missing in the playoffs somebody who could really bring it night in and night out on the three spot right i think grant could be that for them they did give up a first but you know they got so much young talent right now, the Nuggets do. It's time to make that move and start putting it all together because they were a two-seed last year. I feel like, you know, they could still be contending for anywhere between the two and five-seed right now uh, in this upcoming season. So I like the move. I like the Nuggets pulling the trigger and getting Grant. Well, it's it's good, too, because Grant, he's, he's, he's long. He's tall. He can he can be probably put he 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 be be put in the force at points. You know I'm saying he's not that bad of a shooter. He's athletic. He can do everything on the floor. Yeah, dude, all around it's like a Swiss Army knife for them. It's a good pickup. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah, let's do it, man. You start off with this one. Spider Man Far From Home hit theaters this last week, and it really is the start of a new phase i think it's phase four now for the marvel cinematic universe and um it's kind of like setting the stage a little bit it it seems like a different tone that we're going into kind of the hero and anti-hero type of thing the story itself i thought it was a really good story i thought it really picked up uh midway through the story uh spoiler alerts ahead obviously but 
you know, when it seems like he's bonding with Mysterio, you know, in the bar and Mysterio reluctantly takes the Edith glasses. And that's when everything changes from the movie. That's where I think the movie really got good and starts to change everything for the upcoming phase of Marvel because Mysterio, he played him, even though he ultimately was defeated by Spider-Man. You know, he, he tricked him. Like, now the public eye views Spider-Man as the villain. So, and that's thanks to uh, one of the greatest cameos of all time, uh, throwback, paying homage to the old Spider-Man films with uh, J.K. Simmons reprising his role as J. Jonah Jameson. I love that. Yeah, that was awesome. And and you're right. I think, like like me, you, knowing that Mysterio is a villain, so I'm right. saying how they're going to flip it, right? I'm waiting for them to flip it. I'm waiting for how are they going to flip it? You know what I'm saying? Like, like my kids and my wife, it was like so shocking to them that Mysterio was the bad. <laughs> it's like I knew it, and I and I love the right. way they, they went about it with the whole drones and the camo drones, and you know how you know how they made a hologram, and oh, how's the hologram hitting something? It's really just the drones flaming and stuff. Genius, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I I loved every single bit of it. You know what I'm saying? I think you're right. I think it. You know, in the last movie, you know, we saw we saw Scorpion, we saw Vulture. Uh, those, those, uh, this one we saw Mysterio. Those are three of the six original Sinister Six. I, I hope really that they they don't put any Spider-Man into the MCU. Do you get me? I want I want them. I, I let me rephrase it. I want Spider-Man to be. MCU, but I don't want him to be part of the other movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like if they do like a, a whole Endgame type deal for Phase Four, Five, Six, and Seven, I don't want Spider-Man really to be in. I want it to be his own thing. I want Spider-Man to be his own MCU. You know, like story. Right. That makes that makes total sense. You don't want him like you know Iron Man showing up in uh, Homecoming or Civil War. You know, you want what? That makes total sense to me. Yeah. I wouldn't mind though, but if he has a little cameo here and there, there and here, you know what I'm saying. But I don't want, I don't want him to be the next Iron Man. You know what I'm saying. I don't want him to be in every, like ten uh, in, the, in the new phases movie. I don't want him to be in ten. I want him to have like a Sinister Six series and then go into like a Venom. You know, uh, link up with Venom. You know what I'm saying. Like I want a straight up Spider Man storylines. I don't want him interweaving in a Civil War. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want out of it. But, you know, from what I saw, dude, and, like, we got up really early because I'm a cheap-ass, first of all. I have five <laughs> You hit the matinee for five bucks a person. You know, you can't beat that. You know, we bring, right. we bring in our own candy. Um, we went and saw it early uh, 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, by the way, Joe. And Thank you. You too. And, you know, my kids absolutely love it. And just see the look on my wife and my kids' face when they found out Mysterio was a villain. Was just absolutely classic, and um, I, I guess I was reading too is that um, in that in when he's swinging through with MJ in the first uh, cutscene, there's a uh, there's um, a homage to uh, Fantastic Four. Eat my bad, an Easter egg. The Fantastic Four singing Fantastic Four is going to come into the fray. So um, I, I'm I'm excited. I, I didn't see it. I, it was just what I was reading, but I I, I love I love the Peter Tingle references <laughs> i love happy i love i love happy hogan john 
you know, uh, uh, an amazing person. I think, you know, he snuck his way into uh, the MCU great, and he's even sneaking his way into the Star Wars, the whole Mandalorian show. Can't wait for that to come out in November. Disney Plus. But, um, yeah, man, I loved everything about Spider-Man. I had no issues um, with how they went about Mysterio fooling him and coming out to find out that Mysterio doesn't really have powers. It's just special effects, which, you know, in in, uh, in the original comic books, he's he was just – he's a stunt special effects dude for Hollywood. You know, so I just really loved how they put it all together and how, you know, how, how they brought into the whole – you know why he was upset with uh, Tony Stark's and the whole barf thing, and like he's like, <laughs> right. "Oh my, works barf for real," and like how, how like just uh, the dude uh, Billingsley from the, um, the very first Iron Man, yeah, yeah. and, and they came into like I loved how they tied everything together and they filled holes with the whole blip. To and how, explain how kids were five years older than the other ones who left, and yeah. you know, I, I just think they did a really good uh, good job of uh, filling in some of those holes. I'm not saying they filled them in completely, but filling these holes enough and and making us understand. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I understand why that you know went down that way and so on and I so was, forth. I was glad they did that too because that was one of our uh, dangling questions from our um, our end game special episode that we did right. with Farbar, like. You know, at the end of the movie, we're like, well, wait, why, why is Spider-Man and his, why, why are they still in high school? So I, I like that right off the bat. Like, first scene of the movie, they address the, the blip right away. Um, right. And it's pretty convenient for Peter Parker that his friend and his crush and a lot of his classmates all blipped. So he wasn't, like, you know, far behind them. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, right. But they also addressed, the, you know, the continuation of life after Iron Man and Captain America and Black Widow are gone, not in the superhero game anymore. Yeah, right, because it's like, I love that that was, it was just standalone, and, like, nobody came into it to help him, and, like, that was Happy's biggest thing. He's like, you have these powers. There's no one here to help you. Your friends are in danger. What are you going to do? Right. You're not going to call Tony. You're not going to call Thor. They're not around. We need you. You, you. This is you. That's it. You, you are the last line of defense, bro. I'm saying the, the last hurrah. So it's like, I love how they like, kind of like gave him that ultimatum almost in a way, like drew that line. Like, yeah. all right, now, now we got to see Spider-Man. We don't want to see uh, Underoos. You know what I'm saying? Right. We want to see, see Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, they could have called Smart Hulk. I guess they could have, but, <laughs> but... You know, he, he, He's in his own head in his own world right now. That's true. So the the second cut scene, and again, in case anybody didn't know, um, end scenes are back. Like that, they just took a one movie break for Endgame. The last cut scene, um, you know, we get a pretty big view of a direction that they're going and how they're tying everything in. Um, Nick Fury for the whole movie was not Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Jeez, I'm stuttering. Yeah, he was a crawl. That's right. So Tying it's like Captain Marvel. Like my friends, my friend was right next to me, and he looked just confused as all hell. And I was like, "Dude, have you seen Captain Marvel?" He's like, "No." I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's a reference to Captain Marvel. Like that's the the movie, not Endgame. You know?" Right, and I like that the that the crawl on our side, but 
then what does that mean? I, I, I was reading also a conspiracy theory that Tony's not dead. Tony was just a crawl. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, come on, dude. like enough of these. But yeah, like, what's what, what, what was Nick Fury doing? He's just like chilling. Yeah. Barefoot in the middle of like a, a, a military wing in space, right? You know, on simulated vacation, right? Right. It's like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. So I'm glad that they left us scratching our heads at the end. I I dig that because we we're gonna want some answers, and they better you know they better fill them. So yeah, so it's good. Yeah, you got to keep us wanting wanting more. But absolutely, yeah been a good like three or four months now for the marvel movies i realize it's like kind of every year we have three marvel movies like this year we had captain marvel then avengers and spider-man last year it was black panther came out then infinity war and then uh ant-man and the wasp you know um 2017 we had guardians 2 uh homecoming and thor ragnarok so you know, I think we're good for this year. I don't know exactly what movie or what story is coming next from Marvel, but again, yeah, I I agree with you. I I like that they didn't tie everything up. They left a lot of loose ends open. Yeah, so it's just gonna it's gonna just um I think you can go either which way now. I think I think even the the Thanos snap, the blip or whatever they called it. I I think that you know, there's a lot of stuff that can be filled with that happening. Like, oh, it happened, and then you know, did some rift in the universe or something. But I also, yeah. I also wouldn't mind seeing a, you know, uh, you know, into the into the Spider Verse. You know, come from, you know, the animated. That was such a good animated movie. I think that's probably to me one of the best Marvel animated movies. You know, we always talk about how good, you know, we like the DC. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just recently watched, I think two weeks ago, I watched, uh, you know, uh, Batman versus uh, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, like, like we know that DC does great in their animated studios. You know what I'm saying? This Marvel movie that came out in the Universe, dude, I think it's up there with those. And if Marvel keeps on doing how they did it, because I like how it, how it almost mimicked um a comic book, a real life live action comic book, the movie. Have you seen Into the Universe? Into Spider Universe? Have uh, you seen not that? Yet. I haven't seen that one yet. You haven't seen it with Miles Morales? Oh, dude, it's friggin' Joe. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. What they've been doing with Spider Man is phenomenal. And if they bring the Spider Verse into, you know, like t- into Tom Holland's. You know, in the MCU, man, it'd be so cool because, like, in, the, in that case, dude, no holds bar. You can bring in right. Morales. You can bring in Andrew Garfield as a funny cameo. You can bring in Tobey Maguire as a funny cameo. Chris and Dunst can, like, and Tom Holland can bump into nowhere and be like, oh, excuse me, ma'am. And let's walk <laughs> in, like, people be like, oh, my God, that's so funny, you know. But, like, Into the Spider-Verse, I suggest, Joe, that you can rent it. It's out right now. It is such a good 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 movie man so like i love what they're doing with spider-man i've always been a spider-man fan my kids love spider-man they, they we went and collected all the funko pops for the uh, uh uh far from home so my kids are all excited they got the whole they got the whole collection so i really like what they're doing and i hope that spider-man continues to kind of be the face for phase four but not not to the point where he's in every movie and it's saturated yeah, right where it's overkilled right yeah, 
I agree. I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know what other what other uh, stuff we could talk about. You watch Stranger Things, correct? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. On the next uh, episode of Beards for Radio, we could talk about uh, a familiar name coming back to U of M basketball. We could get to that. Yes. Um, any free agency loose ends in, in uh, the NBA. And, uh, yeah, Stranger Things Season 3, I just wrapped it up. Um a couple days ago, so I could probably even watch it again by the time we record next time. Probably because me and my wife binge watched it on. Uh, I was like, "When does it come out?" It was like Thursday night. It was like Thursday, right? Or or Fourth <laughs> of July, like three a.m. And we're just chilling, you know. Um, and I'm like, "When does it come out?" She's like, Fourth of July." I'm like, "Technically, it's Fourth of July, and it's three a.m. So it's Fourth of July everywhere in America right now." And put right. it on Netflix and. It was on. I'm like, sweet. So we like literally watch like uh, the first four episodes and the last four episodes we watch the next day. But I enjoyed so you, you it. You it. Yes, definitely. But I absolutely loved it. Did you like it? I liked it. Yeah. We'll we'll get into it on the next one. But. Absolutely. But Joe, as always, man, it's it's great. Um, I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe. And from now on, whenever you do something at 3 a.m., you are kawaiing it. So. I am kawaii it. <laughs> what it do, baby? What it do, baby? All right. Thanks for listening. This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar. Handmade, dyed, screen printed, and sewn products like hats, shirts, hoodies, and more. 100% original designs. This is a self-made small business started locally by Ypsilanti native and a good friend of mine, Farbar Bagarpur. These products are high quality, groundbreaking, best fashion possible, and will ship to you as soon as he can do it. Visit far-ebar.com to check out the next great addition to your wardrobe. Do it for me, do it for the beards, do it for my man Farbar.